Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday. And Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. As well, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G. E-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Today, I'm talking about the community of Entwistle in Alberta. It's a small little hamlet, so it won't be a long episode, but there's some really interesting history to discover. So let's get right to it. The Indigenous For thousands of years after the glaciers retreated from the area, the indigenous occupied the land that would one day be Entwistle. They would move through the area following wildlife depending on the seasons, and even today artifacts from the past can still be found in the form of arrowheads and other items. The area was primarily the territory of the Tsutsina, the Stony, and the Cree. In later years the Métis would arrive as Canadian settlers pushed them in the west. Nearby to Entwistle is also the Kelly Lake Métis Settlement, and today, the entire area sits on Treaty 6 land. The Founding of the Community The start of Entwistle comes, as with most places on the prairies, thanks to the railroad. Specifically, it was the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway that was coming through, and James Entwistle knew that the rail line would not be able to pass the Pembuna River, at least for a few years and by creating a community nearby on the line, he would be able to develop it into a boomtown. That's exactly what happened. As work on a bridge slowly began, John Entwistle watched as the railway construction crews began to camp near the Pembina River in 1908. He built a general store on his land to cater to them. When construction of the bridge began so that the railroad could be extended, the community began to boom around his store. With enough people now arriving, the decision was made to get a post office set up. Up until this point, the community was called Pembina, but there was already a Pembina and the federal government rejected the name. Other names such as Burke and Hammer were suggested, but those were also rejected due to duplication. Eventually, residents started to suggest the community be named Entwistle, something John Entwistle was embarrassed by. But his wife Mary submitted the name anyways and it was approved. 
and Twistle would often say about having his name on the map, quote, It wasn't me who put it there, it was Mary, end quote. On March 26, 1909, the village of Entwistle was incorporated, and one month later, John Entwistle became the first mayor. While the bridge was finished in 1910 and workers began to move west, some stayed in Entwistle to work in agriculture and local coal mines. The same year the bridge was finished, the Grand Trunk Pacific decided that since Entwistle and Evansburg were so close to each other, they only needed to have one train station. The company decided to put the train station in Evansburg, but the people of Entwistle were furious over this choice, as could be expected. The company then decided to build the train station one mile west of Entwistle, the minimum distance allowed from the other train station. The company then bought up all the land around the train station, stating that it was the future site of Entwistle, in somewhat of a shady move to make money off the town moving to the train station. Instead of moving the town, the people of Entwistle just decided to walk to the train station rather than move the entire town. On February 16, 1942, the village became a hamlet as its population had declined, but it would once again become a village on January 1, 1955. On December 31, 2000, it again reverted to being a hamlet. Now before we move on, I want to talk about Old Entwistle. Less than 2 kilometers to the east of Entwistle, there's a hamlet of Old Entwistle. With a population of only 20 people, it's easy to miss, but those who live there claim that their hamlet is all that remains of the original village of Entwistle. There's little proof to this beyond the fact that they have the name Old Entwistle. The Diamond Capital of Canada Diamonds are not something that Alberta is known for, but for a brief time, Entwistle was a hub for diamonds. It all began in 1958 when Enar Opdal, a resident of Entwistle was prospecting along the banks of the Pembina River when he found a diamond of 0.83 carats. He had dug four holes in the riverbed, and in the largest, he found the diamond. Skip Shanning would say later, quote, He was a dreamer and he was convinced there was a diamond pipe in Alberta. He didn't find a pipe, he just found the one diamond. End quote. Described as a perfect octahedron with eight faces, he sold it to a gem cutter for $500 or $4,600 today. Skip Shannon continues, quote, Then he sold it, got some money for it, and a pocket watch with chips from the diamond on the balance staff. End quote. Little happened after this point until the company De Beers staked a claim in the Peace River area in 1990, and everyone remembered the diamond that was found in 1958 in Entwistle. Several Alberta based companies began to stake diamond claims around Entwistle in 1992, and a mini boom in diamond prospecting happened, and Entwistle claimed itself as the diamond capital of Canada. As for Opdahl, he died in poverty in 1988. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. 
ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Yellowhead Highway Bridge One of the most impressive bridges in the area is the Yellowhead Highway Bridge which runs along the Pembina River Viaduct and was built between 1961 and 1962, the year it opened for traffic. It would close in the spring for some added maintenance and then one year after it opened, on July 23, 1963, a crowd of 1,500 people gathered on the bridge to watch the grand opening. The mayors of Entwistle and Evansburg were on hand as was the chief bridge engineer and the ribbon was cut by Gordon Taylor, the Minister of Highways for the province. The bridge is impressive, especially as you drive over it, since it's 207 feet high and 900 feet long. Its construction cost $1.7 million, or $15 million today, and when it was built, it was the highest bridge in the entire province. Residents of the town turned the entire day into a festive occasion, with children riding across the bridge on decorated bikes, and Ed Neighbor, a longtime resident of the area, drove across in his antique automobile. The construction of the bridge also meant that Highway 16 would no longer go through Entwistle or Evansburg, but would pass just to the south of the community, something that would impact them both for years to come. The Tipple Park Museum If you venture over into Evansburg, which is right next to Entwistle, you can visit the Tipple Park Museum. At this small museum facility, you can tour through the Mazeppa House, one of the most historic buildings in the area. This house also highlights the Ukrainian experience during the early days of Alberta. In addition to touring the various historic buildings that are located on the grounds, you can tour through the exhibits in the main building, which highlight the history of the area, the settlers who built up both communities, the railroad construction, and the indigenous heritage that stretches back for thousands of years. The name itself honors the coal mining history of the area. A coal mine tipple was a major component of the coal mine, and Tipple Park, where the museum is located, sits on the site where the infrastructure for the original coal mine once stood. The Pembina River Bridge One of the most stunning structures in the area is the Pembina River Bridge, and it also happens to be one of the most historic. Construction on the bridge began in 1908, and it was the construction of this bridge that would influence John Entwistle to build the store nearby. There were no cranes big enough to carry the steel, so a false bridge and scaffolding were all built from wood. The bridge itself was built in pieces in Scotland, assembled and tested there, and then dismantled and sent to Canada in pieces. The pieces then arrived in Entwistle via the railroad and was reassembled in 1909. The measurements made by the engineers of the bridge were so accurate that no modification at site was needed. The bridge rises to 214 feet and runs 910 feet, and it is the fifth highest railway bridge in Western Canada. The bridge is still in operation today, connecting Canada to the Pacific Ocean through the Canadian National Railway. On average, the bridge sees 20 trains a day cross it. 
1918 Business District Fire. I often like to cover fires that happen in a community because it helps to show how a community has changed over the years. A fire is something that can lead to changes in structure, safety, and much more, and they often serve as watershed moments in a community's history. The worst fire to ever hit Entwistle happened early in its history on May 15, 1918, when most of the business section of the town was completely destroyed. The fire had started at the Farmer's Hotel and quickly began to spread. And while there was plenty of water available for use to put out the flames, the hand engine was not adequate, and a fire break could not be made because there was no fuse caps for the dynamite that was in town. The fire break would have created a buffer between the hotel and the other stores, but this plan was abandoned. By the time the fire had burned through, it destroyed a general store, a flower and feed store, a pool room, a barber shop, the barracks for the Northwest Mounted Police, the Farmer's Hotel, and several other buildings. In all, $40,000 in damages were reported, which would be about $652,000 today. There is some good news, though. A barn and residence, along with several other buildings, were saved, thanks to the hard work of firefighters. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Entwistle, Alberta. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can reach me through email at craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And don't forget you can support the podcast through Patreon. There are multiple tiers to choose from, all with great benefits. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have, and I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W, Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Randall McCallum, Diane Wade, Lorianne Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. If you want, you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.